Blog Talk Radio. to number 317, 317, Savior like a shepherd lead us. Let's sing it out this morning. Savior like a shepherd lead us, touch we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us. For our youth, thy souls prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. We are thy new, thou be friend Guardian of our way, keep thy flock from sin, defend us, seek us when we go astray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray, Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and simple though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to cleanse and power to free. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Early let us seek thy favor, early let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our bosoms fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast loved us, love us still. Amen. Thankful for the love of my Savior. Amen. Incredible love. Oh, let me hand that to I must think I'm at home, amen. I am at home. Hey, I am at home. I'm in my father's house, amen. He wants me to put up furniture too, amen, just like my wife does. But anyway, it's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Glad to see you here and uh, very thankful uh, for church this morning. Thankful for those who come to, to hear the preaching of the, God's word. And uh, just wanna, I just want to brag on God for a minute. I want to brag on God about yesterday. Uh, we went to uh, to uh, do the funeral of Bubba Smith, and uh, you know we had no idea when we were going there how many people was going to be out that graveyard. I had no idea. I assumed maybe twenty, thirty, forty. That's usually about what you expect at a funeral. But mercy sakes, there's probably well over hundred people out there. And 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 you know, I, I was, it, somebody put a bug in my ear that a bunch of them was Church of God, and I know they might be working watching this morning. And I'm not saying this to be ugly. But when I thought when I knew that, it kind of I thought it kind of funny because God had given me the funeral message to preach, and in that funeral message was John ten twenty twenty eight 
seven through uh, seventeen and following. I'm not. I'm sorry. Twenty-seven and following. John ten twenty-seven through thirty, which states, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all." Neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And God gave me that that scripture to use during that funeral on eternal security. You know, and like I said, most of the crowd thought Church of God converts who ain't settled on that. So God used that, and I hope it helped them. Amen. I really hope it helped them, and I and I got some really good responses out of some people after the message was over, and the Lord had His hand on me, and I could tell that, and I felt that, and He used me, and like God, I was at a funeral. Just went into all that revival preaching there for a minute. But, but, you know, God gave me liberty, and it was a blessing, and I thank God for every opportunity. We pulled up there, and I just looked at it, and I said, Lord, what an opportunity you give me. You know, so many people, and uh, I just pray God uses that and works in their lives. Some of them take an interest in coming and visiting our church. So pray for them. You may not know them, but God knows who they are. Pray for them that they will follow up on that desire and come. But I'm glad you came this morning. Amen. Any other prayer requests this morning? Any prayer requests? Yes, Miss Eric. Oh, mercy sakes. Yes, we lift her up in prayer. God, get her through that. Yes, Mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Amen. I lost five, so maybe she gained nine. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, I got a, I, I want y'all to pray for Jackson this morning. Got some unspoken requests there. Um, anybody else? Anything else? Miss Charlotte, yes. Yes, ma'am. All right. Sure will. I know there are others. God knows who they are. Uh not coming to the forefront of my mind, but I know there are others I need to be praying for. Uh, so, God, like I said, God knows who they are and who does that, he'll remember them for me. Uh, anybody else? Anything else before we go to the Lord in prayer this morning? All right. Well, you pray for your preacher this morning. Pray for God to use me and give me, good, give me the good message I need to deliver to you. And pray that you'll receive it well. And let's worship God together. Let's let's right back and just worship God and sing the best we can and just give God all the glory we can because he sure is worthy of it. Amen? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's ask God to bless the offering. Robert, lead us. Amen. You be seated. Send the light, send the light, and the 
The Bible says there in verse 7, on the first day of the week, that'd be Sunday, wouldn't it? When the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Robert, what would you do if that happened? He'd be asleep. There you go. All right. But Paul continued his speech until midnight, and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in the window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, Paul was long preaching. I just want to emphasize that. He sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And when Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. And when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, <laughs> even until the break of day. I want you to see that's there, amen. That ain't uncommon. So he departed, amen. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted, amen. That's kind of a humorous story in the Word of God. Like I said, God didn't put anything in here by accident. And it may be a humorous story, but we're going to learn something from it today, amen. This won't be the most deep and, and dark sermon I've ever preached, I guarantee you that. But it, maybe you get something out of it today that will help somebody else. I don't know that it applies to you. I, I want to tell you this morning, I ain't picking on anybody about falling asleep in church because I don't usually have that problem. But it's in the Word of God, and so we need to preach about it. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you to help me now. Put your hand upon me and use me. Lord, you used me so well yesterday, and I'm so grateful for that. And I pray you'll do it again, Lord. Do it again. Lord, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it, but I ask you to do it again. Lord God, I know that I take that back. I am worthy because I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. I have the Spirit of God within me, and you you sealed me with your Spirit. And Lord, I ask you, give me your power. Pour out your Spirit on me. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me of anything that would hinder. Give me unction from on high. Lord, use me this morning. Lord, there are people watching and listening, Lord, who need this message. There are people watching that are lost. There are people that are watching this that have no idea how to get to heaven. Lord, please use us this morning. Give us your grace and your mercy and your peace. Lord, I give, pray you give folks attentive ears, listening ears, and a heart that desires to know the truth. Lord, I pray we'll line up with it when we see it. Give you glory. We give you praise for it. We ask you to meet with us, touch hearts and lives and minds, save souls. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Like I said, there's nothing, there's nothing minor, there's nothing insignificant that takes place in the Word of God. Nothing. God put every word that God wrote has some meaning to somebody somewhere, and we need to pay attention to it. Amen. Would you all agree with that statement? All right. Well, that's good. Amen. That, that gets us on the right road. Like I said, everything, everything, has, has, everything that's written is important, and everything in the Word of God has, has great meaning for our daily lives. Maybe not everything at the same time, but somewhere down the road it will. So I want to take a look in the Bible at this fellow. Who, who, who was known, his whole, his whole existence is known about that one incident that happened in his life where he fell asleep in church. Wouldn't you hate that, you were, that God saw fit to write about you in the Word of God about how you fell asleep in church? Don't you think that poor fellow in heaven has gotten a whole lot of ribbon about that? Hey, you don't want to fell asleep in church, ain't you? I bet you, I guarantee you. And how many times he's heard that. Amen? You say, they wouldn't talk like that in heaven. I don't know if they wouldn't. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, Amen? But uh, anyway, I want, I want you to think for just a second. There's some other notorious snoozers in the Word of God. He ain't the only one. He's not the only one. I, bet, I mean, I think of one right off the top of your head. I ain't going to tell you. I ain't going to ask you. I mean, you think of somebody else fell asleep and got in trouble. I'll give you some. Adam. Adam fell asleep, and he woke up married missing a rib. That's the truth. Amen. He woke up and didn't know what y'all think I got him through. Amen. Praise God. No, he did. He fell asleep and woke up married. Samson's another one. Samson fell asleep and he woke up bald and he got the tar beat out of him. Amen. I know you another one you may not know about. You ever heard of Sisera? Sisera was one of the enemies of, of, of Israel. And, and this woman named Jenny
put a blanket over it. The Bible says she came to him softly and held the blanket on the ground. Guys chased him. Got there. She said, "Hey, come here. I'll show you something." Like pull back the curtain. There he was, over the floor. Got him for you. Hey, you don't want to fall asleep. It's everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, there was another fellow fell asleep named Jonah. Y'all remember him? He went to sleep at the bottom of the boat. And he woke up wet and in a world of trouble, didn't he? Amen. And then there's old Eutychus. Eutychus fell asleep and he fell out the window. You know, I see, I find a lot of things when you talk about this message. And 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 again, I, I don't want I don't want y'all to run like I'm talking about y'all. I'm not trying to message y'all because you got a little. One. I got a little one. And when they're that little, it's that's not that's not the same thing as trying to control kids that know better. Little kids, hey, little kids are going to be little kids. They don't understand yet. But when they get old enough to where they do, and I know we don't have a whole lot of little kids or medium-sized kids in this church, but there's people watching this that do. There's people that will watch this, this later that will. There are people, you may, you may know people who have these situations, but I, you may want to share this with them, and you may not. If you don't need this message, just stick it in your back pocket. Someday you will. All right? Number one, the first thing I see in here is a lack of parental discipline. Amen? What is that boy doing back there sleeping in the window? Nobody might don't take it to it. Amen. Where was his mama? I, he said, well, I guess she was listening to the preacher. There was no order. He forgot the table was back there. There's something wrong if you forget where your child is. Amen. There was a lack of parental discipline. And you know what? Wait, if the dice the same as where we live, there's a severe lack of parental discipline. I've seen it everywhere I go. Kids running their parents and telling their parents what they're going to do versus parents telling their kids what they're going to do. This is totally upside down. And it's no wonder this world is dying and going to hell. It's no wonder that the youth of this nation are slipping into the hands of Satan because the people are not caring about their children coming to the Lord like they ought to. There's a lack of concern on the part of a lot of parents to take care of the children these days. The second thing I see in this message is, is the inattentiveness of Eutychus. He didn't care. He was there. You know, a lot of people say, well, you got to get him to church. You got to get him to church. You know what? You must talk and love it, but he will not turn into a biscuit no matter what temperature you set it on. You sprinkle it with flour. You take it out, it's still a stump. And you can put a child in church, but that will not make that child a Christian. They've got to hear the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But he, he, he wasn't interested. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of that happens a lot of times in a lot of places. Kids ain't interested in hearing the word of God. I, think, I know when I was growing up in church, and again, this ain't going to be no rough, soft, hard message. It's going to be no real serious message. I just want to share the stuff with you. But I remember growing up in church, and my pastor, bless his heart, a good man. His name was Hollis Pirtle, and he was a professor of English at Southern Arkansas University. When he preached the Word of God, he talked like this. I think that's about how he talked, something like that. He sounded very educated when he talked, and it all went over the top of my head. Listen, pastors have to relate to everybody in the church. I'm getting ahead of myself in my point, sir, but you know Jones, you gotta put you gotta put the cookies on the bottom shelf where everybody can drink. And teaching and preaching is not a is not a display of knowledge, it's supposed to be a transfer of knowledge. I want to give you what I've got so that you can have it too. The third thing I see in this, not only the lack of parental discipline in this, and not only the inattentiveness of Eutychus, but then there was the inattentiveness of the church. Where was the church at? You got a kid back there snoozing in the window. He was probably snoring, but nobody was paying any attention to what was going on. You might be excusing myself, well, they were all living in the preaching. They were so wrapped up in Paul's preaching that nobody thought about it. But we're all members of one body, are we not? Therefore, you know, I, and, and I, I know I'm going all around the world, and that's okay. I'm running rabbit trails, and that's okay this morning. But when I was growing up, if a kid was messing up, the neighbor had no problem snatching them up and popping that rear end and saying, you don't act that way around here. Your mama wouldn't let you act like that. You ain't going to act like that in my house. Amen? I'm assuming that happened somewhere. <laughs> but, but, 
Listen, we're not living in that world anymore. People are scared to do anything, and nobody wants to get involved. They say, well, that's not my kid. It's not my problem. Folks, we're all members of one body in here, and we need to help. We need to, we need to be looking out for one another and looking out for one another's children at the same time and looking out for one another's grandchildren at the same time. Not running the show, but looking out for them in love and care. But there was an inattentiveness in that church, so that wouldn't have happened. The fourth thing I see about this is we don't need to separate our children from the rest of the congregation. That's one real big problem I have in this modern day. They don't have kids and children in the church. And really the truth of it is there ain't much church involved in a children's church. Matter of fact, in the Bible, I can't find a children's church. I don't even find a youth pastor in the Bible. You know why? They're all in there. You know why? Because God never designed for the family to be broken up and split up. I know I just said Sunday school. And you know what a child gets? When a child gets to the age of about 10 years old, that's when a child gets sitting next to mom and daddy where they can learn next to mom and daddy. A small child needs to have their attention span filled, but when a child gets old enough to listen, a child needs to be in with the rest of the congregation where they can learn. You know, if Eutychus had been sitting between the mom and daddy, Eutychus would have never been. If Eutychus would have been where he should have been, he would have never had that problem. Amen? But there's an inattentiveness in the church. And we shouldn't separate our children out from the rest of the congregation. The fifth thing I see about this is that we can't just be satisfied by simply bringing them to church. I don't consent for them to teach my children witchcraft in the high school. 
I don't want to accept them to teach my children things about murder and, and, and rape and horrible things. And, and, and they showed that garbage up there at Fairland High School this year to my, to my children without my consent. Listen, I care about that kind of thing. I need to care about what they get when they come in here just as much as I care about them not getting what, what I know is going to get out there. Amen? Because their minds are a blank slate that's being written on. Let me say this, number seven. It's my responsibility to give you food for daily living. Amen? And, and, and I want to do that, and I try to do that. And, I, and before I prepare a message, and I think about how you're going to receive that, what you're going to do with what I'm going to give. And if, and if you're not being fed, tell me, and I'll do whatever I can. Pray for me if you're not getting something from me. If you feel like he ain't giving me what I need, pray for me. Because I want to feed you what God wants you to have. I want you to grow in the Word. I want you to learn. I want you to be stronger. I want you to be victorious. I don't want the devil kicking you around in your life. Amen? I want your marriages strong. I want your family strong. And believe you me, the devil kicks me and, and turns me over which way trying to keep me from doing it. He tries to tear mine up in the process, so I want to help yours. He attacks me on every front. But I'm going to tell you something. Children need a pastor. They don't need some young kid with an earring in his ear trying to be like them. They need a preacher that loves God, knows God, spends time with God, and can get things from God and hand them answers from God. But they've got to be they gotta they gotta know that they need to listen when they come to church. They gotta be told, This is where you learn, this is where you hear from God, this is where God wants to get, to minister to you. We've got to make sure that we bring them into the conversation and, and make them a part of it and not let them be an afterthought. Again, I'm not fussing anybody. I'm not, I'm not mad, and I don't think anybody's doing anything necessarily wrong, but I'm going to give you some, some guidelines so that we don't get off the rails. I said it's, it's the preacher's responsibility to make sure you get it. But the next thing I see about this is, look here. Something very crucial that I think we see from this story. You Do you know what I see in that? A picture of falling out of church and ain't gonna work. Falling out of church and These children need to be in church. Because if we really understood the pull the devil has in their lives. And it comes from everywhere. It comes from the music they listen to. It comes from the shows they watch. It comes from the movies that they, that they have to go see and the superheroes that they admire and the videos that they sit and watch and their friends that they hang out with and the influences that they have. It comes from, it comes from a plethora of other places. And what little comes from us has to beat all that stuff out to get down in their heart. You don't realize how much you need God involved in that equation for it to happen. Falling out of church to land you in the world. Eutychus fell. Yeah, he did. And, you know, somebody said, well, that's why they called him Eutychus, because you'd cuss too if you fell three stories. But, <laughs> but no, you know what his name actually means? It's actually Eutychus. And I've been looking at the Bible. Back of the Bible, it's got the people of the Bible and their names and what they mean. Eutychus' name means fortunate. I guess you could have called him lucky. I'm not one to use that word luck, but that's kind of what they called him. Because he fell out the window and, he, and, he did it, and God raised him back up. And they said, hey, buddy, you're lucky to do that. You're very fortunate to have fallen three stories and got up and made it. But you know what? Something else I see in this. Eutychus fell. What did Paul do? Paul ran downstairs and fell on top of him just, just like And Eutychus was right back up. Did anybody else fall asleep in church? Amen. I see that. Did anybody else fall asleep in church after that happened? I, I think that made an impression on them all. Amen. I hate to think somebody had to fall and, and die and get back up or somebody in here to wake up. But, I mean, listen, we need to understand. Look, it ought to
They're not near as happy as they used to be. They don't have the joy they used to have. They don't have the peace they used to have. We need to be careful and watch out. And why Why are these things happening? Why do people, why do people get so tired of
Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, if I ain't said nothing good so far, that right there was good. You can take that home with you. When you stop paying attention to the light, you start feeling your way along, and that's when you go astray because feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My warning is the Word of God, not else is worth believing. Amen. Why do people get tired? Well, again, they forget how important God's Word is, but number two, some people just don't like to preach it. Some people can't listen to a country preacher. They've got to have an educated, slick willie get up there and speak with $10 words that are this long to feel impressed. When you had people like D.L. Moody, who was rougher of speech than I am, Charles Spurgeon, he may have been eloquent, but I'm telling you, he was just rough too. Listen, people love to hear them speak. Anymore, you got to have a... Uh, y'all are glad to be here. I'm, glad, I'm thankful for y'all, but I'm saying there's a lot of places. There's a lot of individual. You know, they got they got so many so many degrees after their name, their name looks like a thermometer or something, you know. And they ain't got a bit of temperature. <laughs> That's what people they care more about their degrees than they do their temperature. I want somebody's on fire, I don't make no difference if they've been to Bible college or not. But you get the word of God, the word of God will set you on fire. Jeremiah, hey, he said it was a fire shut up in his bones. I don't remember reading about him going to no seminary nowhere. Amen. Listen, it ain't about the preacher, it's the word. Listen, if I could barely speak, if I could get the word out, that'd be all that mattered. People get tired because they're not listening to what's said. They're watching the man who's saying, number three, because they have minds that are filled with worldliness. It's hard to put anything of godly in there, but it's full of trash. You know, I think we have a hard time receiving things when our, when our heads are full of trash in this world. You ever heard the old expression, where anything is welcome? I think about that. I wonder if he's welcome in some churches because they'll let anything else in there. They'll bring the rock band, the fog machines, and interpretive dance and all kinds of things into their church and, and just lose their standards altogether. And I wonder, does God even visit them places? They throw the right Bible out to get in some foreign weird translation that don't even sound nowhere close to the Word of God. I can tell you there ain't a woman in here that cares anything about her house being clean that if she was going to get new furniture how many of y'all would clean your living room before they brought the furniture in? Raise your hand, ladies. Why? Because you don't want to bring something clean in the garbage. That's why people don't listen in church because their heads are filled with the garbage they listen to all week long. They got all the filth they done watched on their TV sets and the mic in their mind, and all the garbage they've read and looked at on the Internet, come into God's house, give me something clean. Oh, I can't listen to that. I'll have to fall asleep and not pay attention to it. Let me tell you something. If that's the case, get right with God, and it'll all get straightened out just like that. Confess your sins to God and confess your in, your inattentiveness to his word and, and, and ask him to help you, to open up your understanding, to help you to get it, to help you to see the Holy Ghost of God lives in you, to, to guide you and to lead you into the Word of God. Come to it. Number four, and I'm almost done. I've got one more after this one. Why do people get tired in church? Because the devil convinces them that the Bible is insignificant. That's too hard for you to understand anyway. Oh, he's just talking about the stuff. He ain't sure what he's saying. How does he know? I mean, well, the devil will tell you anything in the world to get you not to listen. He'll start whispering lies. Oh, you know, they're real. I mean, anything he can do, he'll try his best to get you distracted, to get you to doubt him, just like he did in the garden. Yea, hath God said. Did he really say that? Is that really what the Bible says? Are you sure you understand that? He'll, he'll question you all the way home. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. So how do I do that? I've done it a lot of different ways. I put on I put on some loud Christian music, get the gospel music to drown him out. I I I've sat and, and and said, "Devil, in the name of the Lord Jesus, my Savior, get out of here and go where He tells you. Leave me alone. Sick of listening to you." I I've, I've just I pray, God, please remove this devil from my heart. I don't want to fight with it. I can't. I'm going to 
somebody turned the radio on, and I'm trying my best to find it. I'm saying, man, get that out of my head. And every time I try, I start singing a gospel hymn. And the next thing I know, I'm doing something. That's the devil. He's trying his best to get me distracted. He's always working at distracting you. I want you to know something this morning. There is a battle there is a war over your heart and mind. Someone talks about it in Romans chapter 7, where he says, when I want to do right, he is present with me. I know that God's law is good. I know that God's word is right. But when I want to do right, the devil shows up and gets me to do wrong. What a wretched man that I am, he said. Who shall save me from the body of this death? What's he talking about? He's talking about exactly what I'm talking about this morning, the devil trying to take away from him what God's doing in his life. I said, the devil will convince you it's insignificant. It ain't that big a deal. You got the rest of your life to get in church, boy. You got the rest of your life to pay attention in church, ma'am. You don't have to worry about that today. And the last reason, and I'm doing it, the last reason people get tired in church is that they have never experienced the power of God's living word. <laughs> When it stops being something you read and when it starts being something that speaks to you, it all changes. You have to yield here in just a moment. Number 500, if you want to turn there in your book. 
We're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Thank you. 